grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. Let's rip open the cover of the sealed section. Welcome to After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store Hamilton. Welcome back to the last After Dark of winter. We hope that we've kept you warm through the colder months with red hot sex and relationships tips. Well, tonight is absolutely no exception. We have our resident relationships and sex therapist, Gabrielle Laurie, along to talk about nonviolent communication. Now, you may be forgiven for thinking that that means just not screaming at your partner, but there's a little bit more to it. It's the way that we communicate our needs and our wants and listen to their needs and wants. And it can be a real relationship saver. I did have a fair few light bulb moments when we were discussing what we're going to dive into tonight, and I'm sure you will too. The queen of the Newcastle kink scene, Gracie, is along to talk about a kink auction. Yes, I'm curious too. What is a kink auction? What does it involve? And how can we get amongst it in Newcastle's thriving kink scene? That's all coming up on After Dark tonight. I'm Louise Wilkinson, and you're on Newcastle Live. We all know the brain is the biggest sex organ, so it's no wonder there's a fair bit of psychology behind our sexual practices. Our resident sex and relationships therapist, Gabrielle Laurie, helps us navigate our way around the bedroom, or whichever room takes your fancy. What head are you thinking with on After Dark? Always a pleasure to welcome back to After Dark, Gabrielle Laurie, our resident sex and relationships therapist. How does nearly spring find you, my friend? Wonderful. I love this time of year. Very happy. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, getting warmer. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> you're such a cold frog. Yes. All right. Now, listen, we were having a chat and... We always sort of have a bit of a, a spitball about what we're going to talk about on the show and that sort of thing. And the last couple of times that you've been on, we've talked about various things, but in the context of those conversations, we've come across a term called nonviolent communication. And it kind of occurred to both of us, I guess because we're nerds and we read psychology books for fun, that perhaps we haven't really explained what that looks like in isolation. That's right. We've never told you how to do it. How <laughs> <laughs> bad. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, rectifying that today because um, it is, I mean, you would assume that most communication you would hope would be nonviolent, but very, very often people who uh, cross the threshold of your office are struggling with that, aren't they? Well, Nonviolent communication, the name of it is quite misleading. It's actually not for violent people. It just teaches you healthy win-win assertiveness skills. Yes. So it's it's for ordinary folk who have ordinary conflict resolution problems, which is the majority of people. Absolutely. Yeah. Because there's not just like, um, I guess, we, you know, when we hear that term, we think, okay, someone's yelling in someone's face. But there's also passive aggression and there's all sorts of different different ways that we might not be communicating effectively. Absolutely. Yeah. So many ways that... You can be using a soft voice but still be gaslighting someone or 
all kinds of things that are just not healthy. And a lot of people just like awareness around it. A lot of people aren't doing that on purpose. Some are, but there's a lot that aren't. So It's just amazing. And I think that we've talked about this before, that there's only a very small percentage of our brains that are online in consciousness. And the majority of stuff that we do is unconscious. So we may not even be aware that we may be communicating with our partner in the same way as we saw mum and dad communicate, which we actually hated growing up, but it's sort of our default. It's how we've been programmed. And I don't think it's until, you know, you you take the step, you run into an issue, you go to therapy and you kind of go, oh, oh, shit, that's me. Yeah, and, and particularly when we're in a conflict with our partner, both – both people can definitely get triggers and triggers from childhood wounds that they're projecting onto each other and that makes you go into your amygdala, get flooded with stress hormones and you're in your fight, flight or freeze coping skills. You're not in your prefrontal lobe where you have your rational thought and your impulse control and probably your most healthy communication skills. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you are in that in that fight, flight, in that, in that reptilian brain, you actually don't even have access to your prefrontal cortex no no (laughs) (laughs) like unless so if you do decide and most healthy couples if you do decide to learn something like nonviolent communication if you practice it in times of peace until it becomes a habit then you can access it a bit when you're triggered for sure yes absolutely and i think What's really important, I guess, is that we sort of go, oh, you know, why can't I get this right? And I'm having all of these issues with my partner. I don't think I'm a bad person. I don't think they're a bad person. But, you know, it's just so – there's so much conflict and there's so much friction and all that sort of thing. But it actually does make sense because we don't call it our primary relationship for nothing. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Like people are – fooling themselves if they think, well, you know, the grocer doesn't trigger me and the, you know, <laughs> my cousin doesn't trigger me and my best friend doesn't trigger me. It's what must be my partner. But it's really intimacy. The closer you get to someone and the more more power they have in your in your life. And if you're both stuck playing power games, like there's some power games that we'll look at next time. Like there's a victim mentality power game. There's the aloof power game. There's the nag power game. There's the intimidator power game. Like if you're stuck in gridlock in a power struggle, you know, you're both contributing to not working out a win-win solution. So it's not, you know, you fight with your closest partner more, unfortunately, because, you know, if you've got kids, for instance, and you both want to go and have some time out, you've got to negotiate that. Yeah. You, can, you can't just go, oh, well, see ya. I'm going for a surf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to golf. I'm going away for the weekend. I mean, yeah. And, you know, okay, that was that was a bit male slanted. We'll, we, we'll, we'll, we'll balance that out by I'm Women going for a manicure, too. I'm going yes. for a massage. Uh, but, um, you know, because, because but yeah, and it's – it's just amazing that we have this expectation that we meet someone, we fall in love, everything's wonderful, uh, we get married, uh, we have these perfect children, there's, you know, everything, ev- the house looks amazing, we look like we're a Vogue model uh, and, you know, everything just, we should just know how to do this and it's just so far from the truth and in actual fact learning these skills makes 
all the difference. So what I'm really interested to know is when we look at an example of violent communication versus non-violent communication and we're not we're not talking about violence we're talking about something that uh you know will will continue to cause the friction in the gridlock um can you give us sort of like both sides of the coin on on a few of them yeah um i suppose i often show my clients i say to them Basically, nonviolent communication by Dr. Marshall Rosenberg. I call it win-win, healthy, assertive communication. Whereas I think some, I like that better. <laughs> I think it's easier for yeah. people to really get because yeah. it also explains that people think they're being assertive and win-win when they just talk about their feelings and needs. Like they're not really. Whereas nonviolent communication by Dr. Marshall Rosenberg helps us learn about our partner's feelings and needs and value them equally. Mm. So a lot of couples come in and they're fighting about who's right or wrong, good, bad, better, worse, and using guilt trips and moral moral justifications and all these kind of stuff that just keeps them in gridlock. Um, and like you said before, passive aggression, aggression, self-abusive passivity, like all kinds of things that they'll be using because from their family of origin they're either rebelling or they're against their parents' fighting style or or they've adopted it. Sure. So nonviolent communication, it's just beautiful. It helps you just actually connect with what's underneath. Mm-hmm. What am I feeling and needing? What are they feeling and needing? What's a win-win solution? I love it. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, okay, so – We've got this this unconscious patterning. So I guess the first thing is realising that, you know, what we're doing in terms of trying to find the middle ground isn't working because I don't think there's anyone that would deliberately set out to bugger up a relationship. Absolutely not. Like <laughs> most people are just hurt people hurt people and most people are accidentally got poor conflict resolution skills and a lot of couples come in and they're even doing a bit of abusive stuff to each other but they're not meaning to and most couples want to learn these new skills and be healthy. An example of nonviolent communication when you use the correct formulas would might sound a bit like this. Um, hey Bob, when I notice your uh, dirty towels on the bathroom floor for the last few days, I feel overwhelmed and irritated I'm needing consideration and support. When you notice your dirty towels on the last on the floor in the bathroom for the last few days, are you feeling exhausted and needing rest? And you know, would it help if I put the dirty clothes basket in the bathroom? And Bob might say, "Oh, sorry, babe. I've just been really stressed out at work. They just got me under the pump with all these responsibilities, and I'm guessing I just want to be carefree when I get home and." not have to think and do more jobs and I might say okay yeah that's fair enough and and so what do you suggest that we could do you know about this issue and he might he might say oh well we could leave the dirty clothes basket in the laundry but would you mind if I put a basketball hoop above it and then I can shoot my dirty stuff in and I'll feel a bit carefree and less like I'm just doing endless responsibilities I said, no problem. As long as you get in it in there, (laughs) I don't mind. That is just beautiful. And what I love about that is, is that, look, you know, I have teenagers and towels on the floor 
there is nothing that will get me from zero to ten faster than a <laughs> towel on the floor. Yeah. Um, but what I really loved about that is that the irk was there's a towel on the floor, but the question from the person who this is really getting up their nose, the question was, what's going on for you? Yes. This is what I'm feeling and needing. What are you feeling and needing? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas – I get what you're saying about, you know, couples having to win. So it would be, look, she's right. The towels shouldn't be on the floor. Like if you if you don't want mouldy towels. So in that instance, she could quite easily go, you're lazy. Like I do all the work around here. You, you know, um, how could you be so selfish? Like are you, yeah, you're so selfish. You, you don't care. You don't put in any effort. I do everything. And the thing is, is that in terms of him not picking up the towel, she could very easily be, and I put this in air quotes, right. Mm. But it's further ruptured the relationship and there is no solution. Absolutely. You got it perfect. When people fight to be right, it doesn't respect each other's feelings and needs. Like he also has a right not to be perfect. Like if he's a good husband or a good teenage son, they have a right to have a shitty week, you know, because we're not always perfect. We have a right to have a bad week and not stay on top of shared jobs, you know, or shared responsibilities. So when you show each other that compassion, you're building your goodwill bank account and then they make more effort the next week. I get it. And I and I love that. And it's so it's such an easy um, I mean, look, all of this stuff has to be practiced at, you know, because mm. because when we're triggered and when we're angry or when we're upset, we go back into that uh, reptilian brain which can be a bit pesky and we revert back to those Yes. Practices. When we're tired so, and stressed, yeah. we we'll revert back. Yeah. Yeah. So um, practicing it, you know, makes it sort of more easy to access in those moments where the emotions might flare up a bit. Yes, and there is also another part of nonviolent communication by Dr. Marshall Rosenberg that is also super important. Yeah. So not only do you you share your feelings and needs and you ask what their feelings and needs are after you've shared the triggering event, what's triggering you, you've also got to be mindful that in nonviolent communication they they talk about fake feelings and real feelings. Right. So real feelings are just angry, sad, hurt, confused, overwhelmed, stuff like that. Fake feelings, they say, are feelings that are mixed with an, a, a judgment of what we think someone is doing to us. Okay. So if I say to my husband, you know, I think you're manipulating me or intimidating me or pressuring me or making me feel unloved or unwanted or coercing me or whatever, you know, I've already made out that he's wrong and I'm right. So that's not a real feeling. So so I'm not talking about like in different situations where there's domestic violence, you might use those terms. You might go to a therapist and they might name those terms and that's fair enough. But if you're in just a normal relationship that has just got some unhealthy conflict resolution skills, you don't start judging and diagnosing what you think your partner's doing to you because you'll just trigger defensiveness. So you just stick to the um, 
the real feelings list. So there'll be a nonviolent communication real feelings list on the on the internet and also or on nonviolent communication websites. And there'll also be a real needs list. So um, Dr. Marshall Rosenberg went around the world. They checked with every different culture. All humans have the same needs. So we have a need for closeness. We have a need for space. We have a need for um, fun. We have a need for autonomy, freedom. We have a need for quality time. We have a need for sexual expression. So when you put your needs in, you're just saying one or two words. You're not saying whole sentences of reasons and justifications mm. of why you feel or that feeling or why you need that need. It's just nice and quick, which is really good for – a lot of guys get flooded sooner than women during a yep. conflict. Yep. And so they'll just zone out. If we sound like we're nagging, they'll just – they're not even there. Yeah. And – so we wonder why our needs aren't getting met. So we have to speak more effectively, which is more concise and specific and to the point. So nonviolent communication also makes you just talk about the triggering event as an observation of fact rather than as a story from our childhood or a judgment. I get what you're saying. So if we're talking about the towel on the floor, for example. Yes. You could, in your own head, make that, a story that your partner is completely disrespectful and dismissive of you. Totally, spot on. You have made a judgment. Yes. uh, And brought that with you to discuss it. Yes. Which has already escalated it to a level, you know, 10. Absolutely, absolutely. And we do. We make up those stories that we might not even be aware of them sometimes. Like... Mm. I think I remember when um, my partner and I were first dating and sometimes I'd ask, like ask him a question, like what do you want for dinner or or what do you want to see at the movies or – and there'd just be no answer, like <laughs> at all. Yeah. And I'd be a metre away from him and I'd go, can you answer me? Like what's going on? Like I'd be really triggered because, you know, I actually – my, I've got a great dad, but he was working nonstop when I was little. So mm. I didn't get his love or attention. It didn't feel like my needs mattered because he always had to work. And so I was really triggered. That past wound was triggered. And I was starting to talk to my partner like, you're doing this on purpose. So that's a story. Yeah. And instead, you know, we find out things like, you know, he has some ASD tra- ASD. ASD1 traits and he has some inattentive ADHD traits, you know. So he's not meaning to do it. He's just somewhere else. (laughs) So I have to tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, babe, what do you want for dinner? And then he can hear me. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, And, you know, and then that just, yeah, brings it back to just getting the problem solved so that you you can be harmonious rather than making it bigger than Ben-Hur. And we're all guilty of it. Yes. Um, Everyone does it. It's how you clean it up that makes a healthy or unhealthy relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Gab, this has been amazing. (laughs) I've learned so much today. Oh, that's great. Oh, look, I love that. Non-violent communication by Dr... Marshall Rosenberg. Marshall Rosenberg. I, I, I nearly went Marshall and then Mavis came into my head as in Eminem. Oh. So I stopped. Definitely not him. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, his lyrics are the actual antithesis of yes. what we're talking about. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, excellent, excellent tips for everybody and I'm sure we can all relate to that. And, uh, Gab, thanks so much again for joining us as our resident relationships and sex therapist here on After Dark. You're welcome. I always enjoy it. The new Flirt Adult Store has everything for fun in the bedroom or the bathroom or the lounge room. And with the biggest range, there's always something new. Flirt Adult Store. Find us on Facebook or 90 Beaumont Street. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store, Hamilton. Now, the lovely town that we live in, being Newcastle, New South Wales, has a lot of different accolades, but one which I know you were all tickled by when we did the story about it a couple of months ago was that we are officially the capital of kink in Australia and New Zealand. And it's my absolute pleasure to welcome back Gracie, who is the queen of the Newcastle kink scene. Welcome back to After Dark. Thanks so much. I just love that title, Kink Castle. Yeah, what a, absolutely. I feel like I need a crown. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, look, for your birthday, I'm going to get you one. Um, <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> now, look, um, people that um, sort of aren't tapped in are kind of surprised to know that we just have this absolutely thriving kink scene uh, in Newcastle and – you know, there's a lot of different events that interest people and it's our job to spread awareness and information and you have a pretty exciting event coming up very shortly. We do, we do. Um, So once a year we run something called a kink auction, uh, which is a particular style of of party or event Um, Mm. and it's a a bit different to to your regular sort of kink events or swinger events, very different. So, yeah, it's... um, a really good time, but yeah, something I guess we we get to dive into today. <laughs> Absolutely. Now the <laughs> mind boggles uh, because yeah. this could go any way, and I have not, uh, you know, pumped crazy for information before we've started this. So I am learning along with you all at home. What <laughs> on earth is a kink auction? <laughs> Well, it's um, a style of party where uh, the people who attend mm. um, are part of the auction themselves. They're the items up for sale. Oh, um, wow. Yes. So people can come along and put themselves in as auction items or bid on auction items. Um, and it could be things such as, I will be your footstool for the evening. It could be things like, <laughs> I will give you a head massage. It could be, um, you know, uh, you can, uh, I don't know, I'll flog you for for half an hour or something. It uh, really depends on what sort of, uh, what you're interested in, what you want to offer to the event. But it means that anyone in the audience who is participating in the auction gets to bid and you don't know who you're going to be doing that act or that service for or to. Well, that's definitely living <laughs> life on the edge. Um <laughs> <laughs> It is. It's just, it's a really fun, different way of doing it, and it you know it adds a little bit of that, uh, I guess, extra level of uh, unknown to it. So um, these parties generally, when they run, uh, a little bit more smaller because they're 
of people yeah. have to be thoroughly vetted and well yes. known. Um, just so, and people also need to know how to communicate properly um, about their own limits, about what exactly they're offering. Because if someone says, yeah, I'm going to do a flogging, but yeah. doesn't actually have any skill in doing that or the equipment or any experience in how to negotiate with someone, uh, then that can actually get a bit dangerous. So yeah, we do absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you've got to you've got to sort of have parameters. I mean, obviously, the people up yep. for auction they're putting themselves up uh, first yep. of all, and and really communicating what service they're going to offer, and mm-hmm. that needs to then be clearly communicated to the people that are bidding. I would say. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, the way that we run it at uh, Labyrinth is we have uh, what we call Labyrinth dollars. Yeah. So people can earn these. It's a charity event as well. So we raise money and the more the people donate, the more dollars they get. Um, and once they get, and they can also earn them through things such as some games, costume prizes, um, activities that, and, and sort of things to start the night. Um, and then we start the, the auction. Um, and yeah, people use those labyrinth dollars to bid for the evening, but it's based on a um, an auction guide which is released um, the day before. So people usually contact. We have a bit of a discussion about what's up for auction, and uh, yeah, we put it all together in a little guide so people can review and plan and scheme. Sometimes people can <laughs> go in on uh, on act on particular items as a group, for instance. Yeah. So. Yeah, so we set limits such as, okay, well, if someone wants to do a nice wax scene but the room only fits five people, up to five people can bid on that one item as well. So it gets pretty fun. It gets really loose. There's a lot of wheeling and dealing. (laughs) Uh, But I'll I'll bid on this one with you if you bid on this one with me. Um, And, yeah, we have a really, really good fun time. Uh, Lots of mayhem, lots of fun. (laughs) And as the organiser, I mean, you know, there there is sort of a fair bit of work that would go into uh, putting it together because, as you say, you vet everybody that goes, you really communicate with the people who are putting themselves up to auction about what their limits are and really helping them to, you know, nail that down. Uh, Then, Mm -hmm. obviously, the people that are coming in to bid on people, you need to um, have vetted them and, you know, know them. And then you have to set, like, all the limits and the, um, you know, the the criteria. So, yeah, Yeah. it's not just a uh, we open the doors, people get up on stage and uh, all hell breaks loose. It's actually quite (laughs) controlled. Yeah, it is in in lots and lots of ways. But it is also a way for people to experience a fantasy or something that they potentially will have no access to otherwise. Mm. Um, so for for some people, the idea of being you know uh, a you know for for instance being a, a platter and being served food off for the night. Yeah, how often does that come up in conversation? Um, yeah. So, yeah, so having that up there or putting it up at you know. I would like to have, you know, five different people pleasure me for the evening. Um, while I'm blindfolded and I don't know who they are. Um, yeah, okay. that's, that's a great idea as well. Um, and yeah, so for a lot of people, it's being able to access and, and play with people that potentially they've never had access to before. Um, and it also, you know, supports a really good cause. So that's fantastic too. Absolutely. All right. So. 
the big question here is how do people actually uh, get involved? I mean, you have so many different events and, and things to introduce people uh, to the world of BDSM, but uh, if people were sort of thinking, ah, okay, yeah, I'm going to live on the edge, I'm going to go and see yeah. what this is all about, uh, what is the best way to go about it? Yeah. So the first step is obviously to be known to the people and the organisers of yep. these sorts of events. Um, and by known, not just a, a face in the crowd, but, but some having those conversations, um, building up a reputation of being, you know, a steady and regular person who is, uh, understands consent and is enthusiastic about, um, all of that, what that involves. Yeah. Um, I guess the other way is to actually start attending events. So yeah. we have, as you said, plenty of things in Newcastle. We had markets recently. We've got munches on. We have um, play events. We have swinger events. We have so many things happening in Newcastle. Um, start coming along to some stuff. Yeah. Um, start getting in there. And for those that are already in the community and potentially have attended a few things in the past and they're looking at being part of the auction, uh, generally, it's just reaching out to the Labyrinth group and, and um, putting forward what you're into, uh, what you, you potentially will be offering, and we can go from there. Excellent. So if people wanted to uh, sort of touch base with Labyrinth, how would be the best way to do that? So we have an Instagram account, um, which is a great uh, first port of call. Yeah. It's quite accessible for people. The other thing that um, we have is a set life profile. So, uh, Fet Life is like a kinky Facebook. Right. Um, yep. <laughs> That's how we describe it. Uh, but you have on there a profile, you have pictures, you have events, and you can click going and not going and interested and all the rest. Yeah. And yeah, we're, we're on there as well. So, people can drop a line or send a message through that. Excellent. And yeah. when does this auction take place? So we've got it coming up in September, so yeah. September 28th, we have an auction happening. Um, yeah, it's a looking like an exciting night. One of the other things that we have at the Labyrinth ones, which are a little bit different, is we have actual physical items up for sale as well. Right. So we have um, some artwork and we also have some things like floggers and canes and that sort of thing as well. Um, so people can bid on not just the people, uh, but the, the items with uh, which they can use with those people. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, so all of that's been sourced recently at the markets, which was nice, yeah. <laughs> nice one-stop shop. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we've got all of that coming up in, uh, in the, the end of September, so September 28th. And, yeah, it's going to be a really, really great time. Excellent. So, yeah, and who doesn't love a bit of retail therapy, let's be honest. So- exactly, right? <laughs> So, look, uh, this sounds extremely exciting. I can't wait to hear how it goes the next time that you are on After Dark, Gracie. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for uh, educating us about what a kink auction is. And uh, we hope that if this is something that you want to attend, we've given you the avenues in which to dip your toe into the world of BDSM. It is a thriving community mm-hmm. here in Newcastle. Thank you so much Ready? for joining us once again on After Dark. No worries, thanks. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store, Hamilton. 
Well, that was a wide and varied topic choice tonight on After Dark as we head into the warmer months. Hope we've given you some inspiration on your intimate relationships and some ideas if you want to step outside of them. I'm Louise Wilkinson. I'll see you same bad time, same bad channel next week here on Newcastle Live. Thanks so much for your company.